welcome to the Cake Adjacent Podcast, a once-a-week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. Hello, friends. This episode is going to be called Various and Sundry, and I'm going to be all over the place. But first... Continuing with last week's pledge, three good things that happened this past week. Number one, we had some good rain recently, which we really needed. The garden has been very dry. I can water every day, but nothing beats a good hour-long soaking rain. Waffles and Ladybug do not love the thunder, but sometimes you have to put up with that to get the rain. I continue to hold light for our friends in eastern Kentucky who are now not only dealing with the devastating floods and the utter destruction of their houses and their businesses and their towns and their schools, but now very hot weather with no electricity. I know I come to you a lot with my hat in hand, but if you could send a few bucks to one of the organizations that are doing work in the region, please do so. And if you're a listener in the area and you need something, please reach out to me and I'll try to make it happen. You can find me on social media or use my email, twochocolatecakes at gmail.com. The second good thing that happened this week was that we were doing some pruning of a little tree. Well, it isn't so little anymore. Outside the bedroom windows in the carport, its branches had grown such that it was threatening to pull off the cable and electrical wires that are right at the corner of the house. So we got a pole saw and we took a few branches down. The tree is a river birch. Anyway, where we took off the biggest branch, which was about four inches in diameter, it left a wound that will eventually heal over if the tree is healthy, which it is. But for the past week, it has been leaking river birch sap. And that spot has become a drive-in for every bee and sap-loving bug in the community. There have been giant cicada killers, which look like huge bees, but are actually quite gentle, unless you're a cicada, and regular bees of all sorts, hornets, and several different butterflies, including a very striking blue one yesterday, and a magical one earlier in the week that is orange when it's flying, but when it's at rest, it looks just like the bark of the tree. It was so well camouflaged that I could not get a picture of it. So I can see this spot from my work from home office spot, and it has been delighting me all week. My third good news item is that I got a surprise in my post office box that was two bags of Malteser buttons from my friend Aoife in Ireland. Thank you so much, sweetie. I know that the postage was at least three times the cost of those Maltesers. I am a huge fan of Maltesers in all forms, but the buttons are my favorite and they are impossible to find in the United States. Plus, I love it so much when I get mail at my mailbox. And speaking of mail, a bonus fourth item that goes in the Good News podcast crossover event, I got a box from my Agenda podcast co-host, Jen Goldbeck, and it had two bottles of that special ginger ale that she loves so I can try it, and two coconuts that she grew herself and I have never grown a coconut, so I am so impressed, and an awesome Team Chaos coaster, which I think I might use as a teeny little wall hanging next to my bed to remind me which team I'm on. Okay, so what are your good things this week? Here's what I'm looking forward to for this week coming up. 
Next weekend, my friend Kate is coming over to watch TV with me while Ben is away on a work trip. We're going to go through all my clothes and try to get a good pile together for either donation or Poshmark or whatever. I'm trying to get to the point where I don't need to swap out all of my clothes every six months from summer to winter. And that all the stuff in my drawers, with the exception of maybe some big sweaters and fleece jackets, all live with the shorts and t-shirts and bathing suits together in harmony. I do not need this many clothes now that so much of our work is done remotely. Plus, so many things just don't fit right or feel right anymore, and so there's no reason to hold on to them. They do not spark joy. Kate will probably stretch out on the couch, and all the cats will drape themselves all over her, and she will be in heaven. And it'll be nice to have someone over for a visit who has already seen how messy the house is, so I don't feel weird about having her here. Okay, so what else is going on? Well, I'm going to tell you. I have been watching a lot of TikToks, and I have noticed an interesting trend. Folks on there who are kind of accidental creators, and I don't mean that in any kind of derogatory way, but in that they made TikToks or reels on Instagram or whatever for their own fun and friends and family, and then somehow something they did just blew up and now they have some huge following. I call them accidental creators. The thing that I'm finding interesting is the healthy pushback I see from those folks who are just not taking any crap from trolls in their comment section. A good example is this young woman who recently graduated from college and has a real job and just bought her first house um, in the South. I think it's in Alabama or maybe it's Mississippi. It's one of those Southern states. Um, And with it, it seemed to have come with two somewhat feral cats and two kittens. And so she caught them all and brought everyone to the vet, had them scanned for microchips. They did not appear to belong to anybody. Uh, She had made flyers and everything to make sure that she wasn't stealing someone's cats and no one claimed them. She neutered both the two adult cats and she sent one of the kittens to live with her parents because her dad just fell in love with the kitten. And she kept uh, the other three two big cats and a kitten with her current cat and dog. And I'll tell you, she just does not want any unsolicited or bossy advice from strangers. And I am absolutely cheering her for when she made a video saying, thank you so much, but when I want and need advice, I'll ask for it. And that is the kind of healthy boundaries I like to see on the socials. I'm not a big enough creator of anything to get unsolicited advice, so this isn't something that happens to me. Plus, I actually ask for lots of advice. But I see it all over the place with others, especially women creators. People think that they can just just give their unvarnished opinion to, to women especially. And I think so many people are worried about pissing off their viewership that they take the abuse and cannot believe, I cannot believe it's worth it. And along those same lines, I sometimes joke about how I want to be Oprah famous, but truth be told, I like that I have a following that is manageable. The other day I saw on Twitter that someone new followed me, and because I don't have 50,000 followers, I can keep track of things like that. So I took a look at who that was, and it was a very bad person based on their likes, comments, tweets and who they retweeted. And I don't want to share my content with someone like that, and so I blocked them immediately. No cool content for shitty people. As much as I'd love to make uh, content that supports me full-time and make being an environmental 
advocate, a side hustle. I don't want to be beholden to awful people who do not deserve to hear or see what I have to say or share. And maybe that will always limit me. And I guess that's the thing about writing or art or whatever. Once you release it into the world, it isn't really yours anymore, is it? Anyway, I think it's a good lesson for all of us, even those of us who don't create content for others to consume. Because the way the world is going right now, a lot of us need to stand up against oppression and, and for human and civil rights. We can't just worry about whether what we say is going to make us unpopular in certain circles. A difference of opinion is whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza or Star Trek versus Star Wars, not whether entire decades of our history should be erased from school classrooms or that people should be denied life-affirming care because they identify differently than what it says on their birth certificate or that Christian, and I put that in air quotes for obvious reason, institutions are now a fourth branch of government in the United States. I know I'm going to sound a little scoldy right now, but if you're a person who doesn't like to read or watch the news because it's too depressing, you've got to get your head out of the sand and pay attention. There are absolute lunatics running for office who have a real chance of winning. And when I tell you that our entire American experiment is on the line here between Christian nationalists and no, that's not a good thing, and election deniers and literal fascists and other unsavory characters, I am absolutely not being hyperbolic. There are actual calls for a constitutional convention if these folks get a toehold on all three branches of government in the near term. And I can assure you, they are not going to be checking the Constitution for typos and changing the font to Comic Sans. If you need me to do a weekly news roundup podcast for you, where I just give you one minute hits on the 15 biggest news stories of the week, I will do it. Because I watch all the news and I read all the articles because it's important to me to bear witness no matter how awful and grim and depressing the news is. And I will even do it in my regular voice and not in my cat and dog voices. Okay, enough of that. Shall I tell you what I got out of the garden this week? A very tiny tree frog! Well, technically I left it in the garden because that's where it lives. But it was such a wonderful surprise when I was out watering, and it was not any bigger than an M&M. If you're a Patreon, you got to see a picture of it within like 10 minutes of me snapping the pick. And I also picked two gigantic habanero peppers. And when I say gigantic, if you're familiar with those peppers, they're usually kind of small, maybe two and a half or three inches tall and wide. Um, but these are big, like the size of a baby's fist. I ordered a dozen bottles for making hot sauce, so one of these days we'll get that done as well. I think I mentioned that Ben has been wanting to make a hot honey sauce. So if anyone has made a hot honey sauce and has a recipe, I'd be interested in seeing it. A few years ago, we made a peach habanero sauce that I called Bull Run Battle Jam that was really pretty popular in our circles. I didn't like it because I don't like anything hot, but people who like hot things liked it. Someone, squirrels probably, have been taking bites out of all the green tomatoes, which just tells me the owls must be on vacation. I haven't heard them lately, and I remember this time last year they were away too. I don't know where they go, but they always do return. Ben did me a solid while I was writing this up today and planted the fig tree that I bought almost a month ago, so now we'll have figs in two places, two trees in the side front yard and one in the backyard. We bought a life vest for Ladybug so she can do laps in the pool. She has been really struggling lately. Her legs and back are so weak, and she's blind, as you now know, or as you know, 
now, or now, as you know, whatever. And we thought if we could just give her some exercise in the pool without there being any impact on her fragile joint, she might have an easier time getting around. We really do need to build a ramp, but for now we're just going to lift her in and out. Wish us luck. I didn't go to the farmer's market this morning because I had to go to the office, but we'll go tomorrow. Last weekend, I bought all this fruit to make fruit salad. And then I spent the whole week with a migraine, so I ended up not doing anything with it. And by the time I cut into the pineapple and the cantaloupe, they had gone over to the dark side. Maybe we'll try again. Okay, how about the food holidays this week? I think I told you last week that today is Balloons to Heaven's Day, which is absolutely not a thing anyone should be celebrating. Intentional balloon releases are criminal and illegal in many places and cause incredible amounts of plastic pollution and wildlife death. Do not do it. And there's so many ways to honor someone's life that do not include killing something else. In fact, it's Farm Workers Appreciation Day, so celebrate that way. For food, it's Root Beer Float Day, and if you have one, let me know, because I probably have not had a root beer float since I was maybe five years old. Tomorrow is Raspberries and Cream Day, and honestly, raspberries have a lot of holidays, and none of them are that interesting or great, despite raspberries being a pretty versatile fruit. It's also National Friendship Day, which I think is generally a good thing, and I love all of you, my friends. But I have kind of shed myself of a few old friends who took more than they gave. And while I have a little lingering unsettled guilt about that, I know that I can't always be the person who takes care of others and then who is ghosted when I need some light support. So I would say appreciate your good friends, but don't put yourself out there for the ones who do not reciprocate. Another one of my calendars also tells me it's Sister's Day. But honestly, like Friendship Day, isn't that something you should celebrate all the time if you can? Monday is National Zucchini Day, which is surprising that they only get one day considering how they multiply. I think I've mentioned before, uh, probably on Twitter, that there was a restaurant in Providence that made the best chocolate zucchini cake with fresh whipped cream. It was so good. I don't grow zucchini in the garden anymore because it's impossible to keep alive with the squash borers, which have become legion in the past few years. So we never have it in the house, but maybe I'll see if I can find the recipe for it. The cake is made like a pound cake in a loaf pan, and I think it's probably pretty easy. If you have a tried and true recipe, though, hit me up. I'd like to try it out. It's also frozen custard day, and I am absolutely a fan and believe if you've never had frozen custard before, you should take this opportunity to try it out. I think frozen custard is better than most ice cream. And a milkshake made with frozen custard is the best. Vanilla with a shot of espresso. Trust me on this. It's also National Cat Day. Yay! And in case you didn't know, I have six cats. Pete, Mimi, Big Sugar, Murder Kitten, Sister Helen, and Clown Shoes. And they all have their very distinct personalities. One day I will have to do a whole sidecar devoted just to the pets. How will you celebrate your cat today? I suspect we will have wet food, and then maybe I will buy a new catnip-infused cardboard scratcher because everyone loves those. Tuesday, August 9th is Rice Pudding Day, and I'm a fan as long as it doesn't have raisins or cinnamon in it. And I actually love raisins and cinnamon. I just don't like them in things, usually, unless it's oatmeal cookies. And then it's just raisins, not cinnamon. But anyway, I like the Cozy Shack brand rice pudding the best. 
It's also National Book Lovers Day, and while I have had a really hard time actually reading anything longer than short-form magazine articles during the past two years, here are two of my favorite books of the past few years, Johnny Sons, Everyone's an Alien When You're an Alien Too, and John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed, which is based off of his podcast of the same name. And one of my all-time favorites, and it's a book that I gift uh, to anyone who is even remotely interested in gardening, and it's Michael Pollan's first book, which is about gardening and learning to appreciate the seasons and how things grow, and it is titled Second Nature, A Gardener's Education. And when I Googled it to see when it was published, because honestly, I couldn't remember, it's 1991, I saw that the American Horticultural Association considers it one of its top 75 gardening books of all time. So even if you're not a hardcore gardener, I think you might like this book because it's so well-written. Wednesday is Banana Split Day, which was my dad's favorite Sunday, and S'mores Day, which I love as long as they are actual s'mores made with a stick and marshmallows on the end of it and chocolate and graham cracker and an open flame outside. I do not care at all for things that are s'mores flavored or cold. It is also National Connecticut Day, so um, I guess get your pink Bermuda shorts and your Lacoste shirt out and have a gin and tonic. I don't even know, and I'm from Connecticut. It's also shapewear day, which I think is probably bullshit. If you don't want to wear shapewear, don't. And it's also spoil your dog day and world lion day. But don't celebrate those together because a lion will absolutely spoil your day by eating your dog. Do not say I didn't warn you. Thursday is another one of those raspberry days, this time raspberry tart. Raspberries need a better marketing company, maybe someone who actually understands social media. And speaking of tarts, it's also Bakewell Tarts Day. And I understand people really love these, but I wonder if I just didn't have great ones when I was in the UK because I didn't love them. But based on the ingredients, I really should. So I will give them another try. It's also Mountain Day. And if I had to choose between mountain or ocean, I will always choose ocean, but I've always wanted to see the Canadian Rockies and more of the Alps than what I got to see when I was in Europe seven years ago. One of the trips my father's always wanted to take was the train across Canada to Vancouver, hitting all the great hotels of the Canadian Rockies, and I hope someday I can do that trip. I love skiing too, so I'm absolutely a fan of mountains with snow on them. Friday is Julian Fries Day, which would also be shoestring fries, or as we call them here, potato bones. I think uh, I love them because they're so crispy and I feel like you can eat so many more of them because they are so much thinner. It's also Shop Online for Groceries Day, which how can that even be a thing? Come on, some of these days are such bullshit. Saturday is filet mignon day, which is my favorite cut of beef when I am eating beef, which honestly isn't that often. And it is also milkman day, and I doubt many of you get your milk and eggs delivered, but even here in Northern Virginia, we can still get milk delivered to us by a lovely dairy farm. Did you know that Northern Virginia used to be the dairy capital of Virginia? And not a hundred years ago either, just like 30 to 50 years ago. Isn't that crazy? And finally, it is George Soros' birthday. And if you're like me and you appreciate those Soros checks we get every quarter for being so woke and vaccinated and microchipped, make sure you send them a birthday card. Okay, 
That's the food holidays and others for the week. Sarah from down the street just messaged me to see if I wanted some hot dogs. And there is rarely a time when I will say no to hot dogs. So I'm going to wrap up now and remind you to share and rate the podcast. I am so close to 10,000 downloads, which is modest at best, but it will give me great joy when we hit that number. And if you want to support the podcast content in any way, you can do so by becoming a Patreon, supporting the podcast on Spotify, or by clicking on the coffee link in Twitter. Recipes and foods to try can be sent to the P.O. Box, and pictures and recipes and the address to the P.O. Box can be found on twochocolatecakes.com, also on Twitter. And until next week, remember, if your cantaloupe doesn't smell like anything, it probably doesn't taste like anything. Deadheading your flowers keeps them from going to seed and prompts them to keep flowering all summer. And I'm going to repeat this one from last week. Record profits equal unpaid wages. <laughs>